Good morning. <clears throat> good morning, everyone. How are we? Um, good morning, Lee Durrant, going to Madame Two Swords. You're going to have a plastic fantastic time there, sir. Um, I've been to Madame Two Swords in, since I was about six, I don't think. I think the only Madame Two Swords I then went to was one summer. Madame Two Swords around the world are kind of hysterical, aren't they? Does anyone think they look like the person? Okay, here's a question, Lee. What is one is one of our most popular tourist attractions? What are we going to see? Is it we're going to see the likeness of someone? I've never I mean, I loved it as a kid and 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 you know, I've always wanted to take the girls, but I've always tried to work out what is it that we're drawn to? Is it because it's such a success, isn't it, Madam Two Swords? Capture life each day. We will be talking about Gaza, absolutely. Do not, do not worry. The waxworks in Krakow is hilarious. Maybe we need to do a world tour of the worst waxworks. There's something really creepy about them, isn't there? And then, even when they're good, they don't really look like the person. Do you get me? Um, what is it? Is it the likeness? Or is it just the going to Madame Two Swords has become a thing? Claire Hemming, happy birthday, sweetheart. Uh, morning, Faith Goodman. Hope you're well, sweetie. Um, Teresa A, Tez, um, waxworks are so creepy, says Alison Barber. Absolutely. Um, now, I must stress, if I'm suddenly called off, hopefully it won't be permanently, but we have Dino Rod, such a great name, isn't it? Dino Rod are coming to fix a leak, actually, that isn't ours, but it's it's on the road outside, so I need to be able to point them in the right direction. Um, um Bubbles and Chucky, sorry to hear wh what you're dealing with. I'm, I do apologise. I hope we can, in, in, in a small way, provide some kind of distraction uh, from everything you must be going through. So apologies to hear that. Um, Lindale, glam. Ooh, yeah. Oh, what's glam? Um, the, oh, the glamour, the glamour of a, of a waxwork, maybe? I mean, the thing is, is there a waxworks in Blackpool? Is there a Madame Tussauds in Blackpool? I just find it all really creepy. Emma does life. Good morning. XX. Um, Claire Hemming, Clodo. Good morning, everyone. Welcome if you're listening on podcast. So as I say, if I have to suddenly scoot off, um, then it is because someone's here with a great long sort of uh, rubber duck and a pipe. Now, Lee Durham. Yes, there is. What does that say? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is what? Oh, what are you, what are you saying, Lee? You're answering someone else. Or you're answering me. Sorry if it's a question that I ask. Uh, is it? Yeah. Who are you most looking forward to meeting? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is he still there? Um, we're doing very well. Thank you, Sean. Um, so here's the thing. What are we going to be talking about this morning? We're going to be talking about elderly man Joe Biden. Now, you know how critical we are. We, he doesn't need looking after. He's the president of the United States. He's, he's you know, we feel he is insanely culpable uh, for the for the horror that we're currently in in Israel and Gaza for the continuation of the war etc so there is no sympathy here for him you've heard us rail against him as much as we've railed against Trump you know he's a a, a wolf in sheep's clothing that's a curious comment is the idea with the wolf in sheep's clothing the wolf has killed the sheep eaten the sheep skinned it turned the sheepskin into a, into a, an outfit or a coat and then worn it and then maybe, you know, has attached a zip and then zips it up. Is that what it, is that what we mean? Is that what that means? A wolf in a sheep's clothing. 
And then, of course, you see the sharp, wolfy eyes within the sheepy, sheepy visage. Exactly that, Sophie Clemenshaw. Okay, well, there you go. Um, okay, so this, this story is a curious one for me, because I think sometimes we can have incredibly fixed opinions, don't you, on, on stories in the news, our positions in the news, on people in the news, on where we're at on a topic and all that kind of stuff. We can feel quite, we can feel quite orientated, we can feel quite fixed, we can feel that we've kind of done a due diligence on all aspects of it, we've heard both sides of the equation, but you know what, fundamentally, this is where I sit on it. I think that's, that's what we go through and the vast majority of people have arrived at, certainly in the Israel-Gaza crisis. If you're, for example, in the Israel-Gaza crisis, still in a situation where you're saying it's self-defense, ceasefire means hell, um, there's no other way forward other than doing what we're doing, then pretty much it's pointless having a conversation with you, from our perspective, because we don't, you know, it was free Palestine, ceasefire, all the rest of it. You're not going to change. If you still think that now, you're not going to change. I've got real time for people whose opinions within this crisis were perhaps really quite rabidly supportive of the idea of self-defense, which we kind of even explained was a totally expected response um, and justified response within limits. Um, but those people who kind of then go, hang on a minute, this has gone too far. So do you know what I mean? So, you know, we can share. So so Biden is one of those things, right? I feel we all feel we've got. But then this morning, I don't know if anyone else has seen the clips. I'm going to show you some in a minute. There's that other aspect that kicks in where you're looking at someone and regardless of their authority, their position, it's a little bit like King Charles with, with, with his cancer diagnosis, you know, regardless of the disconnect between them and your life and how they have everything and we, relatively speaking, you, they or we or everyone who criticizes them doesn't have what they have and da, 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 da. He's still a man and he's still going through something and he's someone's father and he's someone's grandfather, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I had that feeling this morning with Biden because we've talked a lot about the fact that it's just diabolical. Any Americans here, Tez, uh, that America has got the option of two men. Now, this is nothing anti-old people. We love our old people. Uh, you know, one of our favorite parts of our No Name Sunday show uh, when he was feeling better was, was Teddy's contributions. This is a, the wisdom. Wisdom can come with old age. New perspectives come with old age. But when you're running America, I think you have to be held to a higher standard of mental kind of acuity and ability, right? So this morning, you know, there's this, you know, there was this, this whole potential trial about whether Joe Biden had squirreled away and concealed and kept hidden documents about Afghanistan. The same has happened with Trump. You know, basically, all, it seems that all presidents like to take all their kind of admin home to their homes. Uh, but this is not, this is wrong. It's weird, isn't it? It's a weird one, isn't it? They're basically, they're hoarders. Are they hiding something? I think the, the worry and the fear and the reason this needs to be looked into is, are they hiding something? Or do they have some information that could get into the wrong hands? So, this there was a potential that he would, you know, a special counsel at, uh, in, in Washington was going to decide whether he had to go to trial. Had he purposefully held onto some files, kept them away, et cetera, et cetera. And in their assessment, in their assessment of whether he'd done this on purpose and whether there should be a trial, Joe Biden, it was considered, and, and, the, and the shorthand is, here, here is the shorthand, God, I'm doing a Joe Biden, is that his memory was so poor, is so poor, that he wouldn't be able to face trial. He wouldn't be able to sit in front of a jury. So he's so infirm and his memory is so poor 
And his recollection and ability to recall is so bad that he would only come across as a well-meaning but forgetful elderly man. Now, as an old man, I, I, when I look, so when I look at this footage I'm going to show you, I see old man and I go, oh no, I feel sorry for him. This isn't fair. And then I stop and I think, oh my God, he's the president of the United States. I want to know what your thoughts on this are. Is this, you know, how can we square the, how do we marry these two things? Should he be pulled off the stage with one of those 1970s comedy sticks that has a hook on the end? And just is slowly pulled off. You know, the, what I loved about that comic move, which for any, I don't know what you are, millennials, Gen X, whatever you are. This was a, an age old thing where, you know, come on the edge of stage, a sort of hook like a candy cane, but extra long. And it would pull someone off. The joke was the suggestion that this was happening secretly, but it wasn't really secret. Because, of course, you can see the great big fucking thing pulling him off. Should they drag him off the stage? Should they turn him around and take him off? Okay, well, let's have a little play. So here's some clips. This is, let me show you this one uh, from The Guardian. I've seen the headlines since the report was released about my willful retention of documents. This, these assertions are not only misleading, they're just plain wrong. On page 215, if you had a chance, I know it's a long, it's a thick document. On page 215, the report of the special counsel found the exact opposite. Here's what he wrote. There is, in fact, a shortage of evidence that I willfully retain classified materials related to Afghanistan. On page 12, the special counsel also wrote for another documents. So at this point, at this point, he's, he's in control. He's, he's like, you know, he's, he's like, he's flicking, essentially encouraging us to flick through the report. He's saying, actually, it's contradictory and all this kind of stuff, you know. Okay, so let's go to this clip. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. To public that is not the judgment concerns. of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. Now, I just want to pause here. Now, so they've talked about his inability to recall events. You make a really good point, Meechoop. Off camera, he's seen behind the scenes as being more efficient, potentially. And, you know, you're not having to perform. You're not having to Watch the review of The Iron Claw, and you'll see that Zac Efron wasn't a natural performer. Plays a wrestler who wasn't a natural performer. You know, the PR side of it all and all that kind of stuff. But, but, this bit here, this got me. And I want to know if this gets you. How in the hell dare he raise that? about his son. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president. Look, my memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. I did not share classified information. I did not share with, your vote with my vote. As you know, initially, 
the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know? So I felt really sorry for him there. Sorry, I don't care. You know, just, just parking aside global politics for a minute. I, yeah, same Lee and MeTube. I, I just thought, and it's a really important thing that MeTube says there, actually, you know, by, by talking about something so painful as the death of his son, that's obviously going to throw him off. Now, you know, but, you know, so I feel sorry for him, Tony Barber. I feel sorry for him, but it, it does speak to, should we be feeling either of these alternate emotions with the president? Should we be feeling, oh, is he going to make a mistake? Could he walk into that flagpole? Is he going to misspeak? Will he still, after saying his memory is okay, get the name, uh, get the country of the president of Egypt wrong? Um, you know, th there's that. And then, you know, should we be feeling sorry for someone who, when asked a probing question about something, yes, very personal in his life, makes us feel like we want to just, you know, wrap him up, pop him in a, pop him, I don't know, in a bungalow and look after him? I mean... It just, it's worrying. I just find it's worrying on so many levels that this guy is running again. Now, of course, this is going to be manna from heaven. I mean, I don't even know if Trump must be sort of, he must be somewhere. He's in Nevada. I've just won Nevada. I've just won it. I've just trounced it. I've just trumped it. I'm the Trumpy Trump, 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 Trump. I'm going to be trumping all the way to the top. Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe doesn't know Mexico from Egypt. You know, I mean, I'm amazed that he, I mean, imagine Donald Trump and Biden in a televisual address, uh, you know, a, 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 a televisual kind of, hit, you know, head to head. I mean, Trump's not going to have to do much, is he, to throw Biden off script? That's the worry. Trump is no spring ki spring kitten or chicken. Um, he really isn't. And he's not necessarily, you know, I mean, his misspeaking is quite phenomenal too. But uh, but is this really the best? I mean, someone did ask, was it the, maybe it's this clip here. Let me just check this one. Something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad. <sighs> Meanwhile, in a sort of ever more surreal sort of state of the globe, um, where is he? Uh, Vladimir Putin... Uh, Vladimir Putin was being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. Is it? Here we go. The top five uh, uh, comments from Putin. Putin looking suave, sophisticated. I'm not suggesting this at all. You know, sitting there. He always sits there a little bit like this, doesn't he? He's like, what of it? He's obviously damn impressed with Elon Musk being able to create a cyborg, which is frightening, isn't it? It's, it's just like... It's like watching a villain in, in James Bond um, talking to another villain about another villain 
and how <laughs> stroking the cat. I mean, you know, we're just in this curious situation. Anyway, so Putin states effectively that uh, it's all Boris Johnson's fault, the, the war in Ukraine. Um, so we've got a curious situation where you've got Putin on a chat show. You've got Piers Morgan placing bets with Rishi Sunak going a thousand pounds. Yeah, sort out the asylum crisis. Oh, yeah, the asylum crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Biden not knowing what's going on. You've got Trump who's going to prison, but he's still going to be president. I mean, you could not. I mean, we're not. Where are we? We're only the 9th of February. You couldn't make this shit up. This is this is madness. This is total madness, and I'm beginning to worry. What What can I ask? Does anyone here know when people say the big reset, what do they mean? What does that mean? What is all this stuff about the World Economic Forum and all that bollocks? What does that mean, the great reset? I'm not, I'm not being disparaging. I'm curious. I genuinely want to know. Because does it mean, it doesn't mean lizards, does it? And all that sort of stupid nonsense. But we are in a bit of a, we're in a stalemate situation because then we've got Starmer. Oh, I look at them all. And like Nadia said yesterday, it's just, here we go, Mitu. These ultra-libertarians, Musk, Trump, Trust, Rees-Mogg, around the world are a very serious danger to the world order. Yeah. What does, so when you say ultra-libertarian, see, for me, a libertarian is, is, is someone calling for liberty, but it's a, it's a fraudulent call because... Their liberty is not someone else's liberty. Is that right? The Great Reset. They have a misunderstanding of UN global sustainability goals. Um, we will own nothing and we will be bappy, says Ellen. Um, it's not about, uh, uh, try, uh, yeah, um, 15, we are doomed, says Faith. Good. I mean, you know, the Great Reset, I posted something on it. I've got to a point. I, mean, I think me and Ned, you're probably sensing it from some of our lives. I've just got, it's never been more apparent that the system we all engage in and the processes that we're involved in with our so-called democracy are entirely, entirely useless. Nothing they do represents what we want. Nothing they say represents what we feel. Nothing they feel is a feeling because it feels like they don't feel anything. I'm beginning to wonder whether politics attracts a certain type of person or that it used to attract a person that had humanity, whereas now it doesn't seem to. I mean, official politics. I'm not talking about being political. I'm talking about political parties. Seemed It's like there's... I always remember years ago when I was, I was studying a PhD and someone said, oh, but yeah, you get into the world of academia, but the world of academia is such a rarefied, esoteric world that really everything is only kind of relatable to each other. And so you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. And I begin to worry that the whole party politic thing, like Labour, Conservative, Lib Dem, you know, the whole... how. It's such a bubble, but it's a bubble that's, once you get sucked into it, however well-meaning an idealist you might be, or, a, you know, you go, oh, I want equality. You get sucked into this bubble. You become only interested in the structure of that bubble. And, I mean, if I'm really honest, I'm going to say something that feels really odd. My, my, my real distemper with the likes of Keir Starmer is, I almost feel like in the last six months, nine months or year, as he's realized he's more than likely to become prime minister, his face has, and his eyes have drained of genuine personality. He's become a sort of, what's it called when you're a, you are just something that takes, not a catalyst, but when you are, you, you're just, you're just, it's like I sometimes say, I have such a weak bladder. When I drink water, I have to go to the toilet straight away. So I, I almost describe myself as a tube. 
I mean, I'm literally a chop of water. I may as well go to the toilet and just pull the water down the toilet. It's like, it's like he's become, he's got, he's like an avatar. He's got a bottom, bottom, he's got a body. But there's just, there's just nothing in there. And it feels like there was something in there once. But the act of going through poly- a vessel, thank you, an empty vessel. That's exactly it, Mitchell. It's like, it's like he's emptied of humanity because as you get closer and closer to the wheels of power, there's this huge contrast. Why is no one seeing this for what it is? That whoever you are, whichever party, whichever, whatever your belief, as you get closer and closer to the wheels of power, you have to compromise everything you believe anyway to get the wheels of power because everyone ends up having to essentially pretty much have the same agreed attitude. So this is why the Labour Party, when they last got in with Tony Blair, they were essentially a more liberal part of the Conservative Party. They just happened to have people like Oasis and a few other artists and rock stars pop to number 10 to make them seem a bit Royal Britannia cool. But really, they were the Tories. And now what we've got is the the only way the Labour Party can get in is by shifting towards the the centre, towards the right, and adapting the same. It's just... Why I... The only thing I can think that we can do is actively not vote for any of them. I genuinely believe this. I can't believe this. I mean, you know, I know so many people will say, oh, we died for... Well, we died for a vote in vain, unfortunately, because the vote means nothing. It means nothing. The only way this democracy could potentially mean anything is if... And I hate... You know, as soon as you say it, people go... We have been gaslit into believing this pointless system works. It doesn't. It literally doesn't. It literally doesn't. And then what will happen is we'll have a marginally um, lefter conservative in the, in the Labour Party for five years. They'll fuck it up because they can't do anything. And then the Tories will get back in. Problem with non-voting is that the extremes will turn out to vote and de facto win power. But then we are just, what is the solution? What is the solution? We constantly sleepwalk through a sort of pudding. And I would argue that it's because we've sleptwalked to this position that we can have a government that cannot see the absolute catastrophe of their support of, say, the, the, the situation in Israel. I mean, what would they do if the turnout was only 20%? And, you know, and then what you need is you need really loud people on fucking question time. They had Paddy McGuinness on it last night. I was like, yes, thank God, a real voice. Someone just, you know, tear through these assholes. What was his name? Wes somebody or other for the Labour Party? It was like listening, listening to, is it Wes Street? Is that his name? Wes Street? I thought that was a footballer. It's, it was like when he spoke... It was like AI had had a load of words pumped into it with a slightly left-wing leaning, and they all went... Criticise a little bit of the Tories, say a little bit of what the situation is now, say why we're going to do it better. I'm sorry, I looked at West Street, and I hear a lot of people jumping up and down about West Street and getting excited about I thought, is this it? There is about... There was not an agile thought... In anything he said, there is no agility in any of these arseholes. The politicians are not fit for purpose. All of them 
All of them are self-interested. All of them are only drawn into the politics of gaining power. They're not interested in, in what's right for people or what's right for a country. It's, it, I was literally sat there agog. I mean, I'm not a massive Paddy McGuinness fan, but I was like, fucking hell. We need, we need real people saying real stuff, feeling real things, rather than this constant dirge, which is, I wouldn't mind if it was well-written. It's written by AI. And it probably is. It's written by chatbots. These, these speeches, it, none of it says, they, what's that wonderful quote from Shakespeare saying lots of stuff, but meaning nothing? You know, oh, God, it's wonderful, you know, full of kind of, you know, all of the kind of intricacies of this, but, but denoting absolutely zero. I went to it thinking, okay, I want to, I want to see this West screen. Maybe he's going to be, you know, they talk about him, don't they? Like, he could be the future of the Labour Party. And I listened to him and I was like, oh my God, this is like being in class at college with the, no disrespect, but with the guy in the class that really, really is nice, but you just get so bored when you're having a pint with him. He hasn't got an original thought in his fucking head, thinks he's the big I am. It was just blah, 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 blah. I almost feel like we need a whole bunch of people. Like, I can't believe I, I want Paddy McGuinness. I want me and Paddy McGuinness to run. I want us to just say, it's not even about party politics. You see, this is the problem. Everyone gets into, eh, so what are you saying? You're going to support the Tories? No, I don't give a fuck about the Tories. I don't give a fuck about the Labour Party. Gemma Perry, these politicians haven't got a clue. They have not lived all silver spoon fed. But even if they haven't been silver spoon fed, I mean, let's look at um, Angela Rayner. You know, is that right? Is that her name, Angela Rayner? I can just think that's an agony, aren't it? That's Claire Rayner. Um, that's my point. You stay in the bubble for long enough and your origin story gets forgotten or you lose contact or connection with your origin story. Me too, I agree. And I agree. And I think you're absolutely right. Of course, the danger is that if you don't vote for them, that I don't think because of our first past the post system, no, no far right or far left will get. But please, God almighty, we've got to have a system that is a bit more. This is why there is revolution growing in America. And I think what happens is a little bit like I've always said for a long time, go after Trump too directly and you will really, really supercharge his support, supercharge his base and you'll make people not feel sorry for him, but feel aggrieved. And it will. The best thing that's happened for Trump is all these all these charges that have happened against him. And what's happening more and more is more and more real people, humans, just feel there's such a disconnect between politics per se, politicians, the meaning of real life, and regardless, like you say, Mutrib, of whether you vote or don't vote, and could it lead to extremism? The extremism's happening anyway. I think the extremism is happening anyway which is why you have the storming of the capital and all this kind of stuff. There's no one there speaking real speak. Proportional representation. I have been, I mean, when I did politics O-level, I think it was one of our schools, one of the very few places that did it. But I mean, when PR came up as a topic, it, you know, when you're young and you're kind of unfettered and un, unsort of jaundiced by life, you sort of go, well, why wouldn't you do this? And you realise the reason proportional representation hasn't been encouraged is because it would mean that both the two leading parties wouldn't be able to have a chance of controlling things in the way that they want to control. So it's not about what's best for the country anyway. It's about what's best for Labour or it's about what's best for the Conservatives. It's never about what's best for the country. And then even the idea of a country in and of itself, it's like this idea that nationalism is somehow a great thing. 
nationalism spills into extremism very quickly. I mean, I remember someone saying that to me years ago, and I was incredibly thrown by that. I was like, oh, God, that's true. I always just thought if you're, you know, I'm not saying that Scottish nationalists aren't, you know, left-wing or Labour-leaning or what have you. But nationalism has the danger of spilling into a sort of rabid kind of idea of we are the best. We're going to hell in a handcart, guys. I'm sorry. It, I mean, and, and at my, in my best place, the perspective I try and take on it sometimes is we have to sit on the sidelines of this and like watch the fucking circus. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about Trump. Because Trumpity Trumpity Trump Trump Trump, if Trump gets in, it's all going to get worse. Everything's going to get worse, but it couldn't get any worse. I mean, the thing is, Trump will either slide us into an abyss within minutes, or it'll be dramatic and stupid, or the likes of Biden will sleepwalk us into the same catastrophe by bumbling around. Oh, here we go. Look, this is good. Steph Memhav, Memhave. Sorry if I've pronounced your surname incorrectly. We have PR here in Denmark, and I love it. It forces the parties to cooperate with each other and to be more held accountable. Precisely. You know, the, the strongest argument I always had about against proportional representation was you don't get strong government. And I always thought that you could argue, OK, well, Hitler thought that was strong. What, what, what do we mean by strong government here? Dictatorial? You know, everyone goes, oh, Thatcher, strong government. Hang on, I don't know if, if that's strong government, I don't want strong government. No, negotiated government, con, 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 you know, consensus politics, nothing wrong with that. It's got to be better. It means that no lurches to the left or right can happen. But neither of these parties will do it. If Labour tomorrow said, we will introduce PR and we will start to dismantle the electoral system, I would vote for them. But where we're at right now, we have, I don't have a good feeling about where this country will be or where anything will be in the next seven years. I mean, I really don't. I think I just, <sighs> Jennifer Cando, my toes curl listening to Trump and think who the hell would listen to him. But I hear a crowd of people in the background cheering him on, shakes head. Where's the Liberal Democrats? I mean, but, you know, even this lot, they're all kind of, if the Lib Dems got, got bigger, then they would be invested in the whole bloody thing. I mean, they say PR and, oh, man. And then you have the other thing. I mean, I, I'm not saying this, my mum, Nanny does. she's been a Labour voter all her life. And it's often said by our elders, well, no, you can't not vote. You know, we've always voted for this and we've Actually, actually, insanity is doing the same thing time and time again, expecting a different outcome. And I would argue we've all been gaslit into thinking this democratic system works. It, it, it does not work. That's not, you know, there'll be some smart ass. My granddad would go, why don't you go and live in Russia then? Or <laughs> the, most, the most hysterical one is when Nadia gets a line saying, why don't you go and fight in Gaza then? <laughs> well, there's part to the side whether she could fight, would want to fight and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing, Israel wouldn't let her in. So you've fallen over even on that smart-ass comment too. PR. Me too. I think voting should be mandatory. You can still spoil the ballot, but more people are likely to pick a candidate once in the booth. Well, I, okay, well then spoil the ballot. I think everyone should spoil the ballot. Everyone, let's vote for spoiling the ballot. In one of the primaries or the caucuses, didn't um, the woman Nikki Haley running against Donald Trump, she lost. So on the ballot sheet, it said Nikki Haley. And then the other option was, 
I think none of the above or none of the others. She lost to not a person, but none of the others. I think there does need to be some kind of, not uprising. Well, maybe there does. Maybe there needs to be a re an, an emotional revolution. I think there has to be a little bit like when the paparazzi put their cameras down for Madonna when she'd been a bit of a madam at some point in the past and she couldn't believe it. I think we have to do the equivalent of, of, of putting, our, putting our cameras down and not engaging. I think everyone should just go, ah, fuck it, not engaging. Fuck off. No, sorry, fuck off. I want to see Keir Starmer go, we won a decisive, we won over 60% of the vote. And then, you know, the question that no one asks is, how many voted? And you go, 10% of people. So you didn't really win 60% of the vote. You won 60% of 10%. I mean, on that note, Mitchell, do you know what the numbers are, were on the last election? How many people actually voted at the last election? And how many, how, you know, how many voted for, for Boris? Spoil the vote will still count as an active vote. Something different has to happen. Something has to happen other than it, other than this constant sleepwalking towards nothingness. And the reason I feel so it, it's sort of motivated about it now is because is precisely because Labour have taken no alternate position on topics like the Israel Gaza. It, it, it's there is no there's no political expression. None. It's like they're all in, what's it called? Not goose step, but they're all in kind of lockstep, aren't they? They're all like, oh, no, we've all got to march. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. We have 35 million who can vote, usually around 60 million turnout, 60%, sorry, turnout. So, yeah, so, yeah, you know, so still, I, I, it'd be interesting to see how many people do turn out in the next election. I really want to know if youngsters feel that Labour speaks for them, because I think the Labour Party have lost a lot of sympathy with their attitude to... To, to Israel. So anyway, well, one of the other things here I had, what have we got? So yeah, top five. So Putin, Putin's in awe of Musk because he's put a robot in someone's head. Um, Biden uh, is angry because he can't remember things. Um, and so kicks off a little bit. Uh, what else have we got? Christian Horner, um, uh, Jerry Spice's partner is being questioned by Red Bull in a curious headline. This Christian Horner to be questioned at secret location, suggestion that he might have been bullying or controlling behavior, Formula One story. I have no interest whatsoever in Formula One. So, uh, but that, that is a story that keeps bouncing up. So look at that. The Ireland, um, this is an interesting one, the Ireland uh, women's basketball team refused to handshake with Israeli players after one of the Israeli players accused them of being anti-Semitic. Uh, they were offended because they said they were simply critical of Israel. Um, so, you know, it's this, this culture war slipping over a culture secretary uh, here we go. Here's another one. It's a great one, this one. Culture Secretary vows to protect the press freedom amid Telegraph takeover review. Let's rewrite that headline. Conservative Party concerned that extraordinarily right-wing um, publication could be taken over by a um, Arab Emirates country. <laughs> you know, the idea that the press is free is, is a joke. It's just, it's an absolute joke. Absolute joke. Because it, it, there's a you know, a mainstream narrative that is just trotted out by everyone. As long as you, as long as you, as long as you question things within a, a permitted parameter of discussion, it's fine. But if you step outside of that parameter, no room in the press for it. So press freedom, go fuck yourself. We don't have it. It's a joke. Um, so, sorry. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Um, those were some of the stories that I was going to do. Um, let's get to the Friday quiz. Let's get to the Friday quiz, shall we? And with the Friday quiz, what do we do on the Friday quiz? <laughs> 
or usually my library of sound effects kicks in and there's a belch or a fart at that time. Press is free. The press is free to say what it wants to say, as long as it chimes with the mainstream narrative. Quizzy, quizzy, quiz, quiz. Okay, right, sharpen your pencils. Let's get, get you going into the weekend feeling like a winner. Shall we? Okay, quiz of the week. Question one, team. Let me just get rid of these so I can pull you over here. Okay, here we go, team. So quiz of the week, question one. Are you ready? I've got a good feeling about it this week, guys. I think you're all going to do really well. Question one, Miley Cyrus won the first two Grammys of her 23-year career for breakup smash hit Flowers. But which track beat her to win Song of the Year? Was it A, Antihero by Taylor Swift, B, Padam Padam by Kylie Minogue, or C, What Was I Made For by Billie Irish? Irish? Billie Eilish. Which of those beat her to win Song of the Year this year? Was it A, Antihero by Taylor Swift, B, Padam Padam by Kylie Minogue, or C, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish? Reese Roberts and Tez in the room. Uh, Tez, capture life each day. See, it is C, Billie Eilish. What was I made for? Lots of fallers. I love this. Like, is it the Grand National this weekend? It's like lots of, lots of, it's, oh, I shouldn't use that analogy because horses die. Sorry. Um, question two. Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill became the first nationalist first minister in the history of Northern Ireland. But what was her first ministerial role in the country's government? Was it A, as agriculture, in agriculture, B, education, or C, health? What was Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill's first ministerial role in the country's government? Was it A, agriculture, B, education, or C, health? Sorry for any international followers here, unless you have an Irish uh, aspect to you. Um, ban the Grand National, absolutely, Jemmy, 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 Gemma Perry. That's what I thought, is it? it is in April. Um, Tez says, A, 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 agriculture it is, A. Question three, Parisians back to steep rise in parking rates for SUVs in the capital, tripling fees for cars weighing over one and a half tons. How many Parisians voted on the measure to increase the parking rates in Paris? Was it A, 5.7%, B, 8%, or C, 54%? This could be our electoral turnout. If this is our electoral turnout, then I wouldn't be surprised. Very odd, specific sort of, sort of odd regional statistical question. Um, how many Parisians actually voted on the measure to increase the rate of parking rate on SUVs in Paris? Was it A, 5%, 5 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%
<laughs> it's B, missed. Question five. Oh, Formula One. Seven-time Formula One world champion Lewis Hamilton announced he will leave Mercedes and join Ferrari. Oh, wow. Which was the last Grand Prix that he won? Was it A, Abu Dhabi, B, Qatar, or C, Saudi Arabia? What was the last Grand Prix that he won? Was it A, Abu Dhabi, B, Qatar, or C, Saudi Arabia? Rosby Mahita girl's got one right. Well done. At least you're not going into the weekend a total loser. Sorry. Just really wanted to use the word total today. Um, I haven't got a freaking clue on this one. The answer is Saudi Arabia. C. Question six. Crowds gathered at a church in Germany to witness a rare chord change in the longest, slowest piece of music in history. The experimental piece, entitled As Slow As Possible, began playing in 2001. I think this is a piece by John Cage. Um, when is this piece of music due to end? 2046, 2460, or 2640? Wow. This is a piece of music that will take 639 years to play. Uh, no clue. So is it A, 2046, B, 2460, or C, 2640? Lynn J says 2640. Another 600-plus years away. And it is. It's by John Cage. Is it John Cage? Yeah, John Cage. Final question. No, yeah, final question. Tributes were paid to US actor Carl Weathers, one of the stars of the Rocky series of movies who died at the age of 76. Before his film and television career, he was an American footballer. Uh, and it's the Super Bowl this weekend, isn't it? For which NFL team did he play? Was it A, the Chicago Bears, B, the Oakland Raiders, or C, the St. Louis Cardinals? For which of those NFL teams did the late Carl Weathers play? Was it A, Chicago Bears, B, Oakland Raiders, or C, St. Louis Cardinals? That's why I said Chicago Bears, but I'm wrong. It's the Oakland Raiders team. What does that mean you scored, guys? What did you get? What did you get, team? Did you do all right? Did you do okay? Five out of seven, Reese. Good man. Well done, you. Four, Siobhan. Wow. Um, three, Sean Thomas. Creatorholic, three. Mukta, Muktadir Ali, you got, what did you get? Three. That's not bad. Two, Faith. No worries, Faith. Five, Samantha B. Quite ch Samantha B, yeah, yeah, you're going, if you got five, you're, you're a winner. You're a winner, for sure. All right, guys, have a lovely day. As I say, no curly cooks in the morning, but there is a Coffee Money Papers. Uh, vlogs will be landing. Um, and uh, the No Name Sunday show is possibly tomorrow instead of Sunday, but we haven't quite decided that yet, but we'll let all you members know. Uh, and Nanny dies in the house this weekend, so hopefully we can do something with her. It'd be nice to do a members live with her or something, wouldn't it? Okay, guys, have a lovely day. Have a lovely Friday. Lots of love.